You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to Believe, a Bills fan podcast. I'm Jamie D'Amico, sitting here in the air chair today, flying solo without the venerable John Boccasino. John, man, it was a late night for you, and we are more than happy to give you the day off in what is a Buffalo Bills victory Sunday. That has an interesting sound to it, doesn't it? So, let's talk about it, guys and gals. The Bills punched their ticket into the playoffs for the fourth consecutive year, five out of six years under Coach Sean McDermott, and they got there with a hard-fought victory. Score of 32-29 over the Miami Dolphins. And I feel like in order to really sort of discuss where we are right now, we have to look at where we were a year ago at this time. After week 14 in 2001, the Buffalo Bills were 5-6, having gone 3-4 in their previous seven games. They were actually on the outside looking in on the playoffs, needing losses by the New England Patriots and others because, guys, remember? The Patriots were first place in the division for a good chunk of last season. Fast forward to this year. The Bills are 11-3. and They are three full games better than they were last year after Week 14. They're 6-1 in the last seven games as opposed to 3-4 and over the same period last season, and the one loss that the Bills had was due to a bad break more than anything against the Vikings. I know you all remember that bad snap in the end zone. Anyway, in the games that the Bills have won, the past seven games, that includes two tough divisional opponents that are in the top five in the NFL in defensive efficiency and are likely to find themselves in the playoffs at that. Plus, the Bills beat the hottest team in the NFL right now, the Detroit Lions. But that's sort of, I guess, looking at it on a a macro level, if you will. Let's look at the game against the Dolphins, micro level. And I think we have to give credit where it's due here. The Dolphins are not the Bills' little brother anymore. I, I think we just have to come to terms with that. I know it's fun to mock Tua and Mike McDaniel. But the Dolphins are a good team. Tua's a good quarterback, and McDaniel might be one of the best young coaches in the NFL. And look no farther than the game plan that they walked into uh, Orchard Park with. The Dolphins came in making it a priority to give the ball to their speedy running back, Raheem Mostert, and take advantage of the fact that the Bills are a poor tackling team. I'm looking in DeMar Hamlin's way when I say that. And they clearly wanted to test Trey White a little bit, who's still getting back to full strength after his ACL surgery. 
smart. On defense, they keyed on Stephon Diggs and tried to force the other Bill skill players to beat them while putting blitz pressure on Josh Allen, who statistically has had his worst output against the cover zero, which is also known as the all-out blitz. And it was a solid plan. Mostert ran for 136 yards on 17 carries, including a 67-yarder that showed the world just how bad the Bills' D is at tackling and kind of sucked some of my soul right out of me. And Jalen Waddell, who was covered by the Bills, well, the Bills exclusively covered him with Trey White. He went for 114 yards on only three receptions. And if we're being honest here, there was a handful of other plays that very easily defensive holding could have been called on Trey White, where Waddle got past him and Trey was just grabbing a hold of his jersey. Glad the officials were looking in the other direction at, at, at that moment in time. But what the Dolphins couldn't account for is Josh Allen. He's really the story here, right? This was another example of Josh putting the team on his back and willing them to victory. And whether it was his arms or his legs, as soon as the snow began falling in the fourth quarter, to me, it felt as if it was inevitable that our quarterback was going to find a way. In fact, when the Bills took the ball down by eight points, in that ensuing drive, Allen ran for 53 yards. And once again, he sacrificed his body for the two-point conversion. None of us want to see Josh Allen taking these hits. But in order to pull out that victory, it, it was necessary. Like Josh Allen needed to be the guy with the ball in his hands because, let's face it, it wasn't a must-win. As Marv Levy said, World War II was a must-win. This is a football game. But you don't want to let the Dolphins back in the hunt for the division title. And you really want to make sure that the road to the Super Bowl goes through Buffalo, right? So, on the day, Josh threw for 304 yards and had a quarterback rating of 119.2. He ran the ball 10 times for 77 yards. It was him. It was the Josh Allen show yet again. But it was also interesting to see him get other players involved as well. Taking away Stefan Diggs, it was clearly a priority for the Dolphins' defense. And they've got a good defense. But touchdown passes went to... Two, tight, two different tight ends, Dawson Knox and Quentin Morris, and two different running backs, Naheem Hines and James Cook. And that one to Cook, Josh Allen had that spectacular scramble to the right where he threw across his body, got, got the ball to Cook in the end zone. The scramble drill in the red zone seems to be an absolute winner for the Bills. And I got to tell you, on that play, I was sitting there screaming at the TV, get rid of the ball, throw it away, throw it away. I didn't think Josh sensed that guy coming from behind. Watching the replay, clearly he did know that uh, that that the guy was coming. But it's plays like that that are the reason the Buffalo Bills are 11-3 and at this point in the season. I just, I, I don't see any way around the Bills being... Basically being a one-man team, aren't they? They're a one-man wrecking show, at least on offense. The defense is a different story. 
I mean, granted, there's there's some talent there, but in the end, it was a good win against a strong opponent and an opponent who fans shouldn't look forward to potentially meeting in the playoffs if it happens to shake out that way. The third game against the divisional opponent, the rubber match, you never know how that is going to to shake out. I always say that you can expect you're going to split your divisional games just because there's a lot of familiarity there. A lot can go wrong. Um, injuries play an outsized have an outsized impact when it comes to divisional games. I'm not sure I want to see the Dolphins necessarily again this year. Um, but, you know, it shouldn't be lost on fans that while the Bills are a better team, they were dealt, the team, the Bills, was dealt another big blow yesterday. As if it wasn't enough to have already lost Micah Hyde and Von Miller... Mitch Morris, who's been the Bills' best offensive lineman this season, left the game in the third quarter with a concussion, and this has the potential to be really bad, folks. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You know, the Bills neglected to bolster the depth of their interior offensive line adequately in the offseason. And... Now with injuries to two starters, being both Morris and Butler, you're seeing Greg Van Rotten, Greg Van Roten, sorry, and David Quessenberry, a tackle by trade. These guys are starting games at center and right tackle, respectively. And when they were on the field together, the Bills had a very difficult time slowing down the Dolphins' defensive front, really until late in the fourth quarter. It took a lot of adjustments, took a lot of Josh Allen single-handedly running the ball. That's not really what we want to see. Now, it was nice that eventually Josh had time to throw and some holes were opened up toward the end of the game. In fact, it was Devin Singletary who kind of iced that game on the last drive. But... It goes beyond just having subpar replacements. Morse has a long history of concussions, and many have speculated that his next concussion could be his last. And clearly that's speculation and not a medical opinion, but with each concussion, the recovery time is longer and longer. And... I mean, this this may be bigger than football, right? This is the sixth known concussion that Morris has had in his professional career. So, you know, I wonder if it's even a good idea from a long-term health perspective for him to continue playing. I, I guess that's for him and his family and his doctors to decide. And fingers crossed that it's, you know, this is probably, well, fingers crossed that this is something mild. And we see him back at practice in a couple days because he's probably the most important cog in the Bills' 
offensive line. Now, when it comes to that offensive line, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that the Bills had the opportunity to activate Ike Butker, a backup and sometimes starting interior offensive lineman that the Bills coaching staff loves. He's been on the injured reserve for the majority of the year. And if the Bills activate him on Monday, well, Monday they can activate him and add him to the roster or they have to put him on season-ending injured reserve. They seem to like the way that he's been practicing. And this could be this could be very good timing considering that you know Morris has gone down. If Morris is able to come back, don't be shocked to see... Ike Butker splitting some reps with Roger Saffold, who has been an utter disappointment at at left tackle. But anyway, uh, like I said, fingers crossed for Mitch Morris. We we definitely want to see him back. Looking forward, the Bills are playing a game that appears to be a cupcake. And the Chicago Bears coming up on Saturday, which is also Christmas Eve, and the Bears have lost some close games, but they are just dreadful on offense. They really haven't surrounded their their very young quarterback with much talent. And I can't imagine them putting up enough points to beat the Buffalo Bills. But there you have it. The Bills are back in the playoffs. Big win against the divisional opponent. Their destiny is within their control. And I'm seeing the playoffs going through Buffalo, folks. So I know this has been a short podcast, but hey, now you have the opportunity to uh, move on and listen to some others. For John Boccasino, who's not with us this week, but is the uh, but is the OG of podcasts here on Buffalo Rumblings, I'm Jamie D'Amico. Thank you once again for joining us for Believe. Have yourselves a great week. Talk to you soon.